Hello, and welcome back to Inside College Admissions, podcast presented by SCORE. My name is Dr. Robert Avosa, and I serve as superintendent in residence for the entire network. Super excited today to be joined by Dr. Dana Godick. She is a policy and practice champion. She works for a group called CASEL, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning. This is our third podcast, so if you've not heard the first two, please feel free to go back and take a listen. Um, I think we've had some really good discussion about social-emotional learning, as well as how we might continue this conversation with the resources that are being provided by the federal government here just recently. So Dr. Godick, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dr. Havosa. Please call me Dana again. And I guess these conversations are going well because you've had me for three now. So yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's talk about SEL. <laughs> that's right. It's great. And it's a very timely topic. You know, today's episode, I'd like to shift over a little bit to leadership. You know, one of the things that happens uh, during any crisis is that, you know, we look to our leaders to get a sense of how we should be reacting and how we should contribute to the challenge um, that's at hand. And I think COVID is a perfect example of that. And great leaders have had to pivot. You know, we see folks who in the past had been very collaborative in nature, sort of laissez-faire, maybe looking at committees to make decisions, where in this case, some decisions had to be made quickly and without a lot of time. How do you respond to that or react to that sort of notion of having to be a little more nimble and in some cases pivoting from one leadership style to the other rather quickly? Yeah, it's a really great question. So the the quick response to that is it sounds like you're describing situational leadership, like really thinking about the moment and what the pivot needs to be in the moment. But the way I see that relating to social and emotional learning or SEL for an instructional leader is really through the competencies, right? So self-awareness, being aware of what your core sort of organic leadership style is and definitely playing to your strengths, but being aware of where maybe you have some shortcomings or being aware of opportunities to strengthen some muscles in other leadership styles or other leadership forms based on the moment, which is another SEL skill, right? So that social awareness, some responsible decision-making all laced in together. It's very much a personal journey. Yeah. And, you know, I've been reflecting on how certain states and certain counties reacted originally about a year ago now where schools and other places across the country closed. I also want to bring up an example of the state of Florida, where the governor had been criticized widely for forcing school districts to open in Florida. And in retrospect now is being seen as an individual who provided a lot of cover for the county districts to open and allow parents who wanted to send their kids to send their kids. So let's talk a little bit about that. I want to unpack that a little bit. Certainly not a political discussion, but at the time, Governor DeSantis was criticized for that decision. What are your thoughts about that? And then I want to pivot over to how the counties or the city school systems responded uh, post-COVID. Yeah, so anything involving uh, multiple people is poly. So we're going to have a little bit of a poli-sci, I guess, theme in the background of what you're describing, which is the governor's sort of autocratic style to your earlier point of leadership, just making that command and control 
decision and, you know, frequently very uh, unpopular decisions in the beginning, again, just replaying the, the history of the last 12 months. But, you know, I think it was also, you use the word uh, cover, it was a good opportunity for people at the local level to continue to preserve some options but also allow them to really lean into what the community specific needs were. So having the, I guess the, the political bar raised or the, the organization operational restraints raised so that they had the flexibility to really lean into their leadership style, the needs of their community and exercise a lot of that social emotional learning kind of capacity and skill. And yeah, so I think that's why we saw sort of a, a mixed bag, if you will, of responses in this very large state known as Florida. Right. And at the same time, I think folks were beginning to realize that social isolation for some students was impacting them significantly more than others. And giving parents a choice in many ways allowed parents to personally make a decision that made sense for their kids. And even in my own household with two students, um, two children of my own, one decided to go face-to-face every day and the other one's working from home. Um, and one's incredibly social and wants to be and needs to be around people pretty regularly and the other one, not, not so much. So I think, again, school closures uh, in general across this country have played out in a variety of different ways. And for those folks who are listening in, whether you're leading a counseling department, whether you're a principal, you know, be thinking about how you can support the adults in your building with SEL, because this is not just an issue with students. This is also people personally having dealt with, you know, traumatic issues and, and concerns, sickness, illness, and in some cases, death. Dr. Godick, what are your thoughts about this notion of adult SEL and just in general wellness? Yeah, it's another really good question. And like you, I have a public school child at home and have seen that play out really well for some and not so well for others. So I think from a leadership standpoint, and again, an SEL standpoint, it continues to be an opportunity to rethink personalized learning, competency-based assessments, but really thinking about what the instructional leadership strengths are of the building leader in support of adults. I hope those conversations don't go away just because, you know, we, it looks like we're moving quickly toward brick and mortar, but to the point of brick and mortar, we're going to have a lot of leadership work to do with the adults who are returning, many of whom, right, are parents in their own right. So dealing with their child reacting well or not so well, just like you and I, and also dealing with the the effects of other children coming in. So not to pathologize SEL, we, we certainly don't want people to start practicing therapy or <laughs> acting as a social worker when they're not trained to do so, but really kind of getting in touch with their own sense of self and wellness and, and working on very distinctive strategies that help bring them some calmness and peace so that in their own instructional leadership of a classroom or as a coach, they're really able to kind of check in with themselves, understand that all learning is social, all learning is emotional, gauge their emotions so that they're centered in a place where they're able to be a guide, a support to build competencies and skills within their students. 
And so that was a whole lot, uh, a roundabout way of saying that adult SEL really has two prongs, right? It's the self, and then it's the ability to be an instructional integrated voice for SEL within the classroom on behalf of youth and students. Very well, very well said. You know, I'm hearing as I talk with school districts across the country, this urgency around wanting to know how the kids are doing. And a lot of people are looking at these resources that are coming in from the federal government. I'd like for you to talk a little bit about that in a moment, but they're wanting to get a sense of how their kids are. We've made a lot of assumptions about how we think they might be feeling and how they're doing. Some districts are using surveys. Others have been talking anecdotally with parents and children about the state of mind, right, if you will, and, and, and how quickly we can turn the corner. But we can't do that unless we know how they're doing. You know, do you recommend that people take a look at this whole notion of surveying and are the resources we're getting from the federal government, can they be used for things like that? The answer is yes with caution and yes. <laughs> so yes with caution, I, I would always advise policymakers, leaders to think about surveys or other instruments for measuring SEL that are uh, of evidence-based, have a research premise, have been robustly tested before using that as something that they might uh, uphold as a signal or an indicator for their own leadership decisions or in sharing that information back with the community. And surveys that really look at multiple perspectives and provide a comparative analysis are best, always controlling for equity. So that said, the other question that you asked about um, using the American Rescue Plan or ARP resources to support that, the answer is yes. Right, so that would be encouraged with or without ARP because you could consider that as part of a comprehensive needs assessment at a, a district and at a schoolhouse level. So for sure, ARP can be used for that. And um, you and I have talked about this before. Chiefs for Change has some excellent resources, a very recent one published on how schools should use funds from ARP to support students um, and support uh, enriching activities over the summer, um, taking some of that uh, uh, emotional stress off of the return, the formal return in the fall, and sort of front-loading and proactively mitigating some of that stress and providing some, I'll just say, frankly, joy um, into the return. Like, let's use this as a moment that, okay, maybe we're not literally embracing, but we are embracing our, our common experience with one another, and we're going to get through it together. So these resources can be leveraged in that way. Yeah, one of the things I'm hearing is um, some of the school systems that I work with are talking about almost building a bridge back to some level of normalcy, and that bridge can be built through almost like a summer camp style atmosphere where we're bringing kids back. We are obviously and clearly needing to you know, get a sense of how they're doing in reading and math, and we need to infuse those things. But I'm hearing a lot of people talking about ways to infuse art, um, you know, ways to infuse um, movement, whether it's yoga or sports or activities, more of a sort of fun camp-like atmosphere. Um, and I don't know if that's the right thing or not. It sounds like the right thing. What are, how do you react to that? 
Yeah, in a couple of ways. So I love the the metaphor of a bridge, right? Because we're literally trying to get from here to there and crossing over some troubled waters. But the there should be a destination that is enriching, that is fun, that is engaging, that brings children back in a healthy way and is supportive, of course, of families. So at the top of our discussion, you were talking about leadership styles. And I think if your leadership style is collaborative and charismatic, that is a no-brainer natural opportunity for you to use this moment to help build some spirit, some energy, and some momentum using these resources for the return. So yeah, I think that all of those concepts really tie together and get us to a place where we are setting the stage and setting the conditions for what the fall is going to look like. And and hopefully uh, the lessons that we've learned are going to look like and manifest themselves into the future. I have been doing some studying of ARP as it came out. And the good thing is they're providing a lot of flexibility. The bad yes. thing is the bad thing is that they're providing a lot of flexibility. Why do I say that? <laughs> we are conditioned in public education in general as a bureaucratic system that you know you get money and there's strings attached. That's how we have been trained. We have to follow the policy, we have to follow the rules. You can't think outside the box sometimes on these federal dollars. And yet we're asking people to think outside the box we're asking them to be more flexible. They're finally being given that flexibility. How would you convince a school system to be safe in terms of using these dollars the right way, but also let's use the flexibility that the feds have baked into this thing? Yeah, I'll give you a total social emotional learning response. So I would advise that district leaders, school leaders, use this as a moment to socialize and and allow for input and allow for a lot of high levels of community engagement and youth engagement, including the youth on some of these decisions to build up um, the equity practices within the building and beyond. Um, An emotional sort of response to that by checking in with what seems right in terms of the adults in and around schools, um, checking on their emotions, leveraging some of these resources, using some of the high quality guidance that is already out there, and then a learned response, right? So we mentioned Cheese for Change earlier. They have um, that great guide on how to use the funds, but they also have a great guide on the return, which spotlights social and emotional learning, how to build adult SEL and policies around that within that report. And of course, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Castle has a really high quality roadmap for the return uh, to buildings, which includes models for building up SEL in adults and students with an equity focus um, and using a systemic approach to do so. So, you know, these resources really can be plug and play if you invest just a little bit of time in learning and equipping yourself in some of this policy guidance. So yeah, I think it's a fantastic leadership opportunity. This is the moment. Right, and in my 25 years of experience in public education, I'd never had the opportunity to have this kind of funding in front of me to to do some of the things that we always wanted to do. So I really encourage folks to engage with their systems, engage with their school district leaders, 
get a sense of what's happening in this space. There are millions of dollars flowing to school systems across the country to help think about learning loss and um, the, the lost opportunities of this last year. We're seeing school districts talk about before and after school, extending the school day, extending the school year. I do recommend that people not hire individuals with these dollars because you don't want to put recurring expenses on this one-time investment. I think the dollars need to be spent by September of 2023. Is that right? That's right. So we don't want to see recurring expenses here. We want to see school systems do what's right for kids, invest in the moment. You know, that's how I see it. Dr. Godick, am I missing something here? No, I think, you know, the general rule of thumb is the farther away from the kids, the resources get, the more muddy it gets, right? So anything that's supporting a a teacher capacity building, anything that's supporting some system for, you know, short-term support for long-term success is really a good rule of thumb. But the bottom line is you understand, uh, instructional leaders, system leaders understand federal fundings, Title I, Perkins. I mean, this is, a, this is a creative moment to your point that we can think about SEL, yes, and SEL and workforce development in partnership with the community, personalized learning, uh, competency-based assessment. I mean, this is a creative moment to build those systems. So when September 2023 rolls around. We've strengthened the system. We've set forth new policies and practices that really take us into a whole new way of learning and a whole new modality for our instructional leadership practices. So this is the time. Well, it's hard to believe that our time is almost up. Any last bit of advice for those who are out in the field, anxious for children, maybe in many cases to come back face-to-face? Yes. Oxygen mask. Oxygen mask. People have used that sort of metaphor before and they use it because it's true. Check in with your own leadership and adult SEL. Check in with yourself first before you are leading others. Put your oxygen mask on first. Simple way to do that is even just through a few breathing exercises to send to your gut center the vagus nerve. It's the longest nerve in your body. It connects your brain to your gut and literally helps you with some of your instinctual decisions. So definitely think about your oxygen mask. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on this Inside College Admissions episode featuring Dr. Dana Godick and our discussion on social emotional learning. Thank you so much. 